We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to Studio 222 in the ABC and Ultimo for another COVID-safe edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome this week's panel, Anthony Aykroyd, Alice Fraser and Tommy Jane. Give it up for us. Give it up for us. (laughs) What atmosphere we create among the four of us, it's marvellous. Um, now, the Premier's office, uh, I've just been talking to the Premier, and uh, she says it's all fine, but they have admitted to shredding documents about the awarding of millions of dollars worth of grants, maybe because someone thought they might turn out to be embarrassing. If you could go back in time and expunge a single document, a school report, a love letter, an adolescent poem, some other atrocity, what would it be? Anthony Aykroyd. Uh, I have one document to uh, nominate uh, Richard and listeners. Uh, Let me put it this way, to all romantics listening, and I know you have a huge romantic listener base, never put it in writing. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's that's my advice. Uh, you know, when I was about fifteen, um, we, I went to a, a Catholic boys' school. It was called Saint Virgil's College. Saint Virgins, uh, did you say? <laughs> well, that was more accurate. But um, Saint Virgil in this case. And there was a girls' school next door called Saint Mary's, and there wasn't drama at either school because that was banned in Tasmania. Um, but we formed. So a you little... didn't do a school play, or you know, the the Oklahoma. We did, but they were run by Christian brothers, so you know. <laughs> Usually involves someone, someone on a cross. Again. <laughs> Again with the crucible. It's usually someone now to a cross in most of the plays we did. Anyway, um, so we formed a little theatre group with um, this this lady who came in. So we'll form a theatre. It was called the Little Theatre. And the first play to be put on was the, uh, and maybe maybe you aren't familiar with it, it's the dramatic adaption of Jane Eyre. Oh. Yeah. No, they're not particularly familiar with it. No. Yeah, not people, not many people. <laughs> and um, I got cast as Rochester. Ooh. Thank you, Alice. Uh, as we know, Rochester is tall, dark, handsome, troubled, and you know, one out of four is not bad. So <laughs> and then hideously burned <laughs> and hideously deformed. <laughs> and I played um, uh, against uh, Jane, uh, who um, oh the. the the, uh, the 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 titular mm-hmm. t- title mm-hmm. of, of Jane Eyre, and she was a beautiful girl called Angela, and a, a bit of a romance began. It was Aww. unspoken. Uh, there's nothing like theatre. To, yeah. yeah, we had a kiss at the Limit end. Limit your options. And the kiss, the kiss seemed to go a little bit longer during rehearsals, and everything was going fine, and I was feeling good about this budding romance, and then. A bit player came in who wasn't required for the main rehearsals. He played the vicar. I can't even remember his name. And the the kiss at the end of the play started to taper off. And I realised that Angela and the vicar were involved. So um, I thought, I've got to fight back. Uh, You know, I can't do the tall, handsome thing, so I'm going to use what is available to me, my skill set, I will write. Oh, and no. I wrote this beautiful love letter. It was very touching. Richard, you would have loved it. You would yeah, appreciate yeah. the structure, the, the building up to a fantastic ending. And I gave it to uh, Angela and said, this is how I feel. And she gave it to her boyfriend, the vicar. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> he read it, gave it to his mates to read, 
photocopied it and put it on the school notice board. Oh, heartbreaking. On the school notice board. Yeah. I was humiliated. And um, from then on, I have, um, you know, I've, I've borne this wound. Of, That's of weird. Love. It didn't like come out to like maybe somebody else read the letter and was so taken with your heartfelt emotion that they said, look, I know you didn't write that to me, Anthony. Yeah. That was one of the Christian brothers. But, you know, it didn't um, <laughs> exactly go. I would go back and shred that letter. Never put it in writing. Never you know, put in writing. Your advice, advice, Alice? No, never put in writing. I'm shredding documents. This is not the paperless office we were promised back in the 90s. I would probably shred my school formal photographs. I feel like most regrettable pieces of paper are high school-based, at least from mm. this two-person sample that we've taken so far. Uh, my high school formal, I did, my final closing, you know, uh, school formal, year 12 formal, I did not want to go. I'd had a miserable time at school and my grandmother decided she wanted to be the fairy godmother and she swept in and got me a dress and it's just these photographs. She, she, she's essentially the vicar in this story. <laughs> <She is. laughs> it's always a vicar. And, and, and I, I just, there's just photographs of me looking so miserable and so uncomfortable in myself. And, you know, you're meant to look back on those photographs and think, oh, she was beautiful. I was not. I was so unhappy. And it, almost immediately after that, when I left school, I was so much happier. And I would so m much rather remember that period of my life than have this record of me being just miserable and uncomfortable in a place that I didn't want to be with people I didn't like. There are so many people who want to borrow the Premier's shredding machines. <laughs> Tommy Dean, are you, are you joining the, the queue? Well, I misread this question. I didn't realise it was our own personal shredding. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. The document I once shredded because of the deep effect that it had on my life. The Constitution. <laughs> no, the Magna Carta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Magna Carta, I just never could understand what was going on with that thing. And, like, I, I graduated with distinction, but I would have graduated with distinction plus honours had I only done better on the Magna Carta test uh -huh. in history class. You were, you were quizzed on it, were you? And even in America. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I love the Magna Carta. I used to visit it in London. Yeah, I like the Magnum with almond. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fine document. I'll shred a few of those tonight. Can you summarise the Magna Carta in one Look, sentence? apparently somebody in, I don't know, England? <laughs> Italy? Did something. Who doesn't want rights as against the king? Yeah. I'm well, not saying, I'm not, I'm just saying, why didn't they make it more clear? Like, like use like, but, you know, like, facts under bottle caps. Why, why was the Magna Carta so condensed? <laughs> it should have been a series of bottles we eventually learned. Also, no taxation without representation. Like, boom, one small item at a time. It was just so much scholarly <laughs> attempt to solve a problem the community was having all at once. You don't think it was just because by the 1700s we were, the, the English used by the American founding fathers was more adjacent to our own than that used when the Magna Carta was written? That I mean, could be the problem. That could have been. I mean, that could have been <laughs> the problem. Plus, and this is just from a purely auditory point of view, but, you know, they printed that stuff on, like, some pretty heavy vellum, and I think that'd make a cool sound <laughs> as in a, a shred. As a shred. <laughs> like, really bring some bass to it. <laughs> uh, there documents that you would like to be shredded in your life? I bet there are. Uh, Anthony Aykroyd, Alice Fraser, and Tommy Dino here. Now, Cardia watches are in the news, but watches surely are a waste of time these days. You can tell the time by looking at your phone, and, and most people can't tell the difference, I don't think, between expensive wine and medium-priced wine or or cheap jeans and fancy jeans. So what's the luxury experience which is actually worth it? If you're going to be re rewarded with a luxury good, what would it be? Alice Fraser. 
Well, so I recently had a birthday and after two weeks of multiple health screens and asking everyone to quarantine, I surprised my closest inner circle with a trip to a private island where we could pretend things were normal just for a brief <laughs> moment. It, no, that was Kim Kardashian who tweeted that tone-deaf piece of luxury, unhumble bragging this week. I, I was brought up Buddhist, so I'm very bad at luxury stuff. I feel weird about having more stuff than I need. Uh, but then I, I don't... <laughs> like lives. Yeah. <laughs> I need them all. Um, I don't... I, I don't want to say something obnoxious like a oh, good education. Um, so, like fountain pens, or maybe like a massage, like a fancy okay. spa with a luxurious massage. I feel like that's a luxury experience. That's that's worth but, but it. But fountain pens—they're a lot of hassle, aren't they? You got to put dip them in an inkwell, and then you get the ink all over your hand, and you put it in your fancy shirt, and you get the ink all over the shirt. I don't know if you've noticed this, but most like luxurious hobbies are incredibly fiddly and annoying, like yeah. smoking a pipe or playing golf. It's all about the hassle. It's all about the process of doing, unscrewing all the bits and putting all the bits together and you never actually use it to ride with or anything. <laughs> Thank God I don't have any luxury goods, not today. <laughs> Anthony Ackroyd, are any luxury goods worth it? Well, I, I didn't think so because I, I grew up very working class, poor, you know, up the worker, you know, champion of the poor and disenfranchised and uh, got into comedy, did a lot of comedy and then started doing corporate gigs, uh, which I'm sure my colleagues here will concur, you get a better class of accommodation. Mm. Uh, and a worse <laughs> class of audience. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you do get a very nice hotel room and the hotel rooms get, get getting better and better and better. And then was, I was impersonating Kevin Rudd. They got really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I did the Versace Hotel on the Gold Coast. Mm, and uh, I walked in and um, the receptionist said, well, we've got the presidential suite for you. Mm. And I thought, I hope they know I'm not the real Kevin <laughs> but Rudd. You're the you know, right? This yeah. could be embarrassing. So this was palatial. You know, I'm trying to you know maintain my my righteous indignation at you know the chaise lounge with this embroidering in the spa, and they had a little booklet because it's Versace with the price of everything. Mm. And then I was looking through and it said... And the value of nothing. (laughs) The value of nothing. (laughs) It said Versace mattress. I still remember the name. It's called Via Jisu, which Mm -hmm. I believe means Jesus Street, which is pretty weird. (laughs) $30,000 for a mattress. Mm. But isn't this, isn't this if you stain it? Uh, not that you would, Anthony, but if you stain it, they then charge what you that much. <laughs> I, stayed, I stayed in the same hotel once for a corporate gig, and it's the only time ever I've called reception to say, could you please come take some of the pillows out of my room? <laughs> <laughs> there are so, so many pillows. All different shapes. and Every shape. Yeah. Every that's got a pillow one, menu. Well, no, 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 it was like a pillow menu where you could get like a U-shaped pillow or a for sleeping, like your bed was covered in throw pillows, like the round one that looks like a log and a square and a hoop. And like, there's really way too many pillows in this room. Could you please? I come feel get so them out? left out. I feel like I'm not a successful yeah. comedian, yeah. even though I haven't slept on this Jesus mattress with the too many pillows. <laughs> that was my point. You're, you're I wanted to come. sleep on the Jesus <laughs> mattress, and they had laid down a cobblestone <laughs> of pillows to keep it from my skin. It may not be this lifetime, but eventually. But let me say, just to finish my story, mm-hmm. that it, it's incredibly comfortable. It was just amazing. Even my dreams were different. You okay. know, instead of the usual, you know, I'm at school in my pyjamas. You're, being, some sort you're of, being crucified. <laughs> 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 some sort of Botticelli angel <laughs> being, you know, so it really was. It's worth okay, 30,000 so lux- bucks. Luxury you know? hotels and luxury mattresses in particular, yeah, yeah. worth it. Absolutely. What else? Well, Tommy. I'm torn here because, like, luxury items like 
a watch. That's really a that's like a sign. Look how much money I have. Mm. That's that's an could be probably sign. because it's useless. These yeah, days. it's totally useless. Just to strap something on that says "Look at how much." It's like a a car, like a Ferrari uh-huh. in Sydney traffic looks stupid. So just put a sign around your neck saying, yeah, I'm, look how rich I'm rich. I am. Yeah. Yeah, you With your stuck... copy of your bank statement. Yeah, I want to send every Ferrari I see a picture of the Toyota Camry in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> you are losing this race, man. <laughs> Going down Parramatta Road at 24 in your super Italian sports car. So I don't, I don't have any... This pee-painting student paid $400 yeah. for his vehicle. Yeah. So the idea of projecting your wealth means nothing to me. But as Luxury things that I would totally love to have at a at a fundamentally useful level. Copper pans, <laughs> like copper pans in the kitchen, like yeah, because yeah. they're like ideal for meringues and candy making, which I do once, twice a year. <laughs> How much are they cost? Oh, are they oh, pricey? Hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of dollars. Of dollars. Yeah. It's, uh, same as like a you know like a cast iron, an enameled cast iron pan, like a like a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. la chaussee or a, yeah yeah. They're, they're like hundreds of dollars too. Tommy, I haven't it's seen you since COVID struck. Mm. Certain things in your life have changed clearly, and oh, now stand pans. I want a KitchenAid stand mixer. Can I say that? That's a specific brand name call out for Paola. KitchenAid, if you're listening, quick, you want to cut me off? Send me one. I'll use it. A Versace mattress, please. I once, I once went on a, a what I realised later was a date with a guy when I was living in New York, and I went to his his flat to pick him up, and he had all the artwork in his flat had the price tag still on it, and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen uh, in my life. Yeah. Just to show, well, that's really what the, the uh, fashion T-shirts with the brand name, that's what that is, mm. isn't it? It's just saying this might look like an ordinary T-shirt, but you can tell from the brand name that it's going to It's cost me $300. If I had bajillions of dollars, I'd get nice Japanese teaware and nice art, but I wouldn't leave the price tag on. Come on, you get some copper pans, wouldn't you? I told you, I wouldn't the whole no. set. No, I'd buy a chef. <laughs> buy a chef, exactly. Uh, Alice, Alice Fraser, <laughs> Anthony Ackroyd and Tommy Dino here. Now, SAS Australia, the TV show on Channel 7, promises to put celebrities like Chappelle Corby through the most challenging experience of their lives, an SAS endurance course. If you were to construct an endurance course containing all the things you find most personally difficult... What would it involve, Tommy Dean? Uh, well, it would uh, open with a uh, lightly, uh, you know, poorly lit hallway uh, with Legos. Yeah, yeah. That would remind <laughs> me of the trying to, and I would have to carry twin toddlers through that gauntlet. And you got bare feet, right? Oh, and bare feet. Yeah. Uh, and then I would set the toddlers down, and then I would move into the adjust the seat in the car that my wife has screwed up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would drive me to the next challenge. Why are they impossible to... They're impossible to put back right, exactly... Yeah. I had it exactly where I needed it. Yeah. And she could always move it to exactly where she needed it. I could never get it back. Yeah. could never get it back. That's a luxury item, by the way, the button that you press to put this straight back. <laughs> I've never had a car that had that button. I want that button. I don't know that button exists. <laughs> Want that button back? Uh, then all he wants is his copper pants <laughs> and a button. I'm a very simple desire. Hands with you, isn't it? And then uh-huh. I would uh, get out of my car, cranky, and then I would have to go into the karaoke room. Uh, ooh, that, that would be the finale. The deep shame and horror of karaoke. Or not only would I have to pick a song, I would then have to perform it mm. in front of my children's friends. Mm. Oh, but you're good at air guitar, shame. so why aren't you good at karaoke, what is essentially air singing? Air I know, but you're not air singing, karaoke, like real singing. Like I have to actually <laughs> sing mm. over the karaoke. You have a mellifluous voice. I know, it seems like it. You would think. 
deep but baritone. But I could get by, but bass. I can't. Singing is literally, public speaking is most people's normal fear. Mine is public singing. And, and by that time, you got sore feet from the Lego, so you're oh, going so to have to stand. And my back hurts from the car. From the car. And I'm angry because I haven't had any sweets, yeah. not any properly prepared ones. <laughs> this is wrong. SAS Australia, Tommy Dean SAS version. Australia. Uh, SAS Australia, Anthony Ackroyd version. What does it involve, Anthony? Uh, well, this, these are the things I find most personally difficult to endure. First of all, I'd start off with having to read a map, not one that speaks to you, mm-hmm. but a visual mm. map because the, the part of my brain that can interpret yeah. a map was left out. And the way you're travelling is down the map rather than up the map. Maybe. Yeah. I don't so know. So who can you? I look at and the, map the place you're going is in the verge between the two <laughs> maps, always. All maps are like a, I don't know, a Jackson Pollock painting to me. In fact, I could look at a Jackson Pollock painting and I'd get, get directions, you know, just right at the blue pole. Uh, <laughs> GPS is the greatest invention ever. Because uh, I, I moved from Hobart to Sydney, and there, there was a time, Alice won't remember this, you, you just had books with maps in them. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> I was a very good map reader back in the day. Oh, yeah. It's because you're a woman. You're the type. Uh, but, uh, yeah, You're the type, i.e. female. <laughs> what? That surprises me. They don't need maps. They just know where they're going. Have you ever played Jane Eyre, Alice? Uh, no. I remember going over the Harbour Bridge three times to try and, trying to get to Epping for a gig yeah. when I'd moved from Hobart. Sad. So, uh, yeah, a map I had to read. Then uh, next hurdle will be a JobKeeper application form because when all my work disappeared back in March and uh, suddenly thought, oh, I'd better put yeah. it in the JobKeeper application. Already hit for six by yeah, the yeah. selfish <laughs> attitude of the Labor Party to the further employment <laughs> of Kevin Rudd as Prime Minister. Exactly. Ruined my life. And that was a lot like a map, actually, the JobKeeper thing. And eventually I thought, well, do I need to eat? Really? You know, maybe the bills will pay themselves. And finally, on the um, obstacle course of death, some sort of... Furniture assembly instruction manual. That would finish me off. That would. Finish I mean, you off. who is Alan, and why does he have his own key? You know? that's, a, that's a map. That's a map too. Like, it's all very related. Yeah, yeah. Abstract thinking, good. Getting yeah. somewhere. Bad. SAS Australia, <laughs> Anthony Ackroyd version. Do Alice Fraser, me. SAS Australia. What are you and Chappelle going to take on? Uh, for me, it would just be a series of conflicts where, with people where I had to assert healthy boundaries uh, either or dump them or admit that I was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's mainly an emotional obstacle course. So I we'd, feel see you, we'd see you in the apartment with the prospective boyfriend who's got the <laughs> art with the price tags yeah. on and then we'd see you saying, nah. <laughs> I'd have to say something other than, oh, I forgot I have another appointment and then just disappear forever. I'd actually have to have a conversation where I said... Yeah. You know, your displays of ostentatious wealth make me feel deeply uncomfortable and I feel we don't share values. Mm. And but they're the tough things, is, is being explicit about what's going on. Yeah, well, yeah, which is odd because my job on stage is articulating mm. things mm. very precisely, but just, just, just making people miserable is the thing that I like least. So you'd actually rather be climbing through the mud on oh, SAS? Absolutely. That, that looks like great fun to me. <laughs> Genuinely, I love, I, oh, I love a physical challenge. Climb a tree. Ooh, yeah, punch a thing. Great. Uh, Can I some... just ask quickly, uh, to go back to the literal nature of this question, yes. I, I was surprised. <laughs> Did you make it? Is Chappelle Corby, like, really doing it? Yeah. I would mm. thought you were going to say, is Chappelle Corby really a celebrity? <laughs> well, there's that. But it just seems a weird... I mean, other people are, but that's the person who took my eye. Well, what mm. take your eye? Because what She's in, in her life says, you know what I need to do? Mm-hmm. Something really hard. Mm. And, like, like... She's already I, been through a... Like, the opposite. Like, yeah. take, I want to say, I will not... I'm not... It, it, 
tempted to watch the show for her. I want to watch a show where they put SAS members in a Balinese prison for <laughs> 10 years <laughs> and see how they deal with that. Mm. Oh, thank God. That strikes me as a show. Let's see them assemble a, a set of bookshelves. As, as yeah. they do yeah. it. Uh, yeah, come on, SAS, get real. Uh, we, we have Anthony Aykroyd, Alice Fraser and Tommy Dean for Thank God It's Friday. Time for a musical highlight. Uh, before we get to the news and the wheel of death, here is a visit from performer Kerry Ann Greenland. Let's listen in. I got it. I got it. Richard Glover with you on ABC Local Radio with Anthony Ackroyd, Alice Fraser and Tommy Dean. Uh, wheel of death in a second, but, but first this. New South Wales is to start invoicing other states for the provision of hotel quarantine for their citizens. We all give to others in ways that are not rewarded sometimes. What are you, well, who's on your list of people for whom you could justifiably issue an invoice for services rendered, just as the state is going to issue an invoice to the other states? Tommy Dean. You know, I don't want to make this in-house, but I do believe that the local production staff of TGIF are deep into me for quite a few bakery items. Yeah. I've been bringing in for the last. Six well, Tommy, eight weeks. Tommy's intru- introduced a very welcome tradition here on TJF in that he's been baking for us the last three it's or true. four. It's, uh, I think not, he's not gone mad with COVID. Clear. <laughs> I, I have made a point of bringing in what I believe to be the top five. I don't mean items. I mean whatever item I bring mm-hmm. in, I am truly sure that it will be in the top five of any of that item you've ever consumed. Well, the bagel was number one, for example. It's the, bagel. Best, the best bagel I've best ever bagel had. Best bagel he's ever yeah. had. Yeah, that, that, that's said to me at every level. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the custard tarts from Portugal, beautiful. I had uh, so crispy. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 My mouth is watering. Yeah, yeah. The, the crisp. You know how they've got that flaky pastry. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you've never tasted flaky pastry as flaky as this. <laughs> flaky is the Tommy Dean. But my point is, with that, copper pans involved. No, that's just it. And I want a copper pan. And if I were getting proper market value wow. for the best, so I'm just going to have to write a few invoices. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, if you provide the bake the bait goods all next year to all the cast members of TJF, <laughs> we'll buy you a copper pan. When the coming in, I, I, will, I, wanna... I will buy you a I'm copper in. pan. Can I, can I just do that? I want to make it like that a corruption deal. Let's make a deal <laughs> when we actually have an audience again. No. I'm allowed to set up a little bake sale out the front. I'm going to shred the contract, though. <laughs> like a bunning sausage sizzle. Uh, invoices for those who owe us. Uh, the state is issuing them. Anthony, what about you? Yeah, there's a lot of people who owe me. Um, I don't bake. But um, people in traffic that I've waved into my road lane when they've wanted to merge. Yep. So often. Oh, yeah. So much of my time just waving them in. It's got to be worth 10 bucks. At least. There should be like a laser point. You should be able to hit their e-tag. Thank you. (laughs) That'd be nice. (laughs) Now we're thinking. (laughs) And then when I try and merge, I find people either have two attitudes when you're trying to merge into their lane. Either they've lost their peripheral vision so they can't Mm. see you out of the corner of their eyes waving frantically and pathetically, or they wave you in with a condescending, you know, look. Mm. And what what I started to do was to wave people in while smiling and looking at them in the eyes. And that they never, they never merge. Yeah. It's like that guy. <laughs> maybe they don't want to Maybe you're just waving. <laughs> uh, people on aeroplanes who have initiated conversations with me and I've responded because uh, I'm, Ooh. you know, essentially offstage an introvert. I don't want to speak. I give off don't speak to me vibe. I close my eyes and put on dark glasses. But some people are persistent. It's usually the same question. You know, they'll turn you know to you and say. what's going to be worse is when it all comes back, you're going to be on a plane, people want to talk about. How exciting it is to be back on planes. Isn't that great? Remember? We used to never, we weren't allowed to fly, and now we're on planes. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the new yeah. topic Can of conversation. Can I have your crackers? Are you going to eat those crackers? Can I have those? 
And then they'll remember, oh, it's you. Did you, you don't like to that? talk. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you usually, how do you usually deal? Well, people usually ask the same question. Yeah. Which is weird. They say, oh, so where are you off to? And I said, well, where's the plane going? <laughs> yeah, there's a clue for you. Um, and the last group is people I have amused at dinner parties, and it does happen. Uh, and Same I'm, anecdote or different anecdotes? Well, it's, you know. The Jane Eyre story. <laughs> That's a winner. Uh, I talk a lot about copper pans. And, um, you know, people get free laughs. We do this professionally yeah. and uh, they owe us. Why not kick in at the end of the dinner party? Well, that's Just what I reckon. 15 yeah. $20, that would do. Yeah, hope you enjoyed Tommy's food and that's it. It's 80 bucks for the entertainment. <laughs> I just make a point of, you know, just taking a lot of the cheese platter early. Uh-huh. But it's copper. cheese is quite expensive. Right. So, like, a lot of people, like, would they give you that knife, that little cheese knife with the hook yeah, on the yeah, end? Yeah, That'll yeah. pick up the whole wheel. <laughs> <laughs> One whole wheel of cheese. Oh, the cracker. Perfect. It's like a so you, you, This system. is basically an unsent invoice, is it? Yeah, that's you just, it is. I yeah. make my claim now. Pay, no. pay Tommy <laughs> Dean cheese. If they serve those oversized oat crackers that no one eats, that's a plate. Mm. <laughs> that's another form of the wheel of death, you know, if you, have, if you eat the whole lot. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. my joke. Amuse myself, but not <laughs> um, Alice. Invoices for the laugh. Alice, Let me tell you what who, laugh you, who are you going to invoice? Who are you going to invoice? Well, this is my problem. I feel like I get stuck very early on in this question of who would I invoice because I loathe invoicing. I'm extremely bad mm-hmm. at it. The moment that I have done the piece of work, I forget that it's ever existed. It's in the past. Don't look back. Mm. Uh, for, for me, that's the least pleasant part of doing any piece of work is trying to get paid for it. <laughs> uh, but Don't you think people who hire us know that? Oh, yeah. They'll do a gig. They'll, yeah. never, they'll never remember to invoice. No, I, I, yeah, I just want a, a secretary. I need a secretary. I need a part-time secretary. Does anyone want to... You need a debt collector. You need a big <laughs> eight-foot guy with a machine gun. A <laughs> machine gun. You can't collect a debt from a sieve. I'm here. I'm here to pick up the fee for Alice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I would be invoicing for um, a, lot of, a lot of sympathetic listening. I do a lot of mm. Mm, mm. Also, I'm incredibly good at unlocking people's tense shoulders, uh, which I do for my friends and, and close family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I deeply resent it when people say, oh, Alice will give you a massage because yeah. it feels... Come on, five mm-hmm. bucks. How hard is it? <laughs> just, you know, just pay up. Uh, now, we're ready for the will of death. Oh, yeah. Today's uh, topics have been sent in. Uh, sorry, I have to... Just uh, move my... Uh, you know, I just, you know, speaking <laughs> of invoicing, sorry, go, I, go on. You know, I enjoy this moment in the show. Yeah. I think the people do. I just find that art has become like a centerpiece that we actually announce is coming, as if people would be so excited. You know, I could just listen to the other jokes they're talking about. Yeah. But the Wheel of Death. Yeah. Oh, well, as long as the Wheel of Death is coming. You think I'm, I'm not, over You think I'm over promoting? I'm not changing the station. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Are you over promoting it? Or have, do you have feedback that suggests this is a highlight of the night? Yeah. I'm over promoting it. Okay. That's my thought. Uh, now, here are the topics of this over promoted segment uh, Tupperware, lawn mowing, padlocks, octopus, hibernation, pugilist, high vis clothes, cookbooks, Mount Rushmore, sealed sections. That's a bit sexy. Garden sheds, hips don't lie. They never do. We played the, the song a little earlier. Uh, babysitting, goats, and we're back to Tupperware, which feel you're full of fear. Tommy lawn Dean. mowing because it's too real. Yeah. Cookbooks, I don't fear. Cookbooks is the one I'm wishing for. Okay, let's roll it. Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. The topic is babysitting. The topic mm. is babysitting for Tommy Ding. He looks startled. Well, he looks shocked. <laughs> Why couldn't it have been cookbooks? Why couldn't it have been cookbooks? Good luck, Tommy. It's um. Well, it's just it's uh it's a uh, curious. It doesn't it doesn't seem does it exist anymore? Sure. 
Is it a thing? Sure. It's a I thing. feel out of it. I feel out of it. But babysitting was my first job. Yeah. Uh, the beautiful thing about being in the Mormon church is that they just make babies. <laughs> like, like crazy baby makers. Um, so it's basically a babysitting uh, it's a, uh, it's a, it's, Ponzi it, scheme. It's totally. Because, and I don't know how they did it, uh, but in the early days of the Mormon church, uh, you know, they had um, polygamy. Mm-hmm. So men yeah, had mm-hmm. multiple wives, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and therefore big families were obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they changed the rule to a single wife, they had somehow by that point uh, put all of the multiple wives' ovaries in one woman. <laughs> like they are, they are, they're like a weird evolution. They have baby. They only gestate for six months. I think this, wow. this is possibly offensive, but do go on. Offensive? <laughs> this is a modern miracle that Jesus has given us. To bring down the spirit babies from heaven. <laughs> they stack them up like tires. Stack them up. By the way, they are excellent at Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> that is a weird side note, but Mormons are great at Tetris. Really? Oh, so good at it. They can totally get the most out of any space. You can just completely pack stuff in. Yeah. When you got that many babies and that much year's supply of food at your sleeve, you got to make some room. Well, I think that totally makes <laughs> up for what is, you said before. Babysitters. So many babies. Can I just interject? Just one fun fact. That um, that conception story is true, but only on a Versace Gisuvia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 30000 bucks is worth it. Continue, please. But they, you know, they, you know. You pay more for a couple of rounds of IVF. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> that is so true. Why didn't I marry a Mormon girl? It's so much easier. You don't even have to have sex with them. You is just hold right? their hand for an extended amount of time. Yeah. Under moonlight. Yeah. Ooh, moon. Tell them that you'll bring them to heaven. Okay, that part was offensive. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so clear. And uh, also can I further say that, that Tommy was also actually a Mormon, so that gives him some Some leeway. Right. Yeah. And if you're thinking that I'm making stuff up, except for the six-month thing, I'm not. <laughs> but you were saying your first job was a babysitter. Because oh, that's, that's all you did. Right. Like, and, and, and you got, it was a dollar. A dollar an hour. A dollar uh, a baby would have been better. A dollar a baby would have been so much better. <laughs> Here I am, minding but your 15 children. It was Six was my, yeah. six was my record. Mm-hmm. Six. Uh, and I am still convinced uh, that I was told five. And I found another one. <laughs> in the cupboard. And they're, and so it, you were, you were ba- how old were you and how old were the kids? Uh, the kids ranged everywhere. I got, they wouldn't have to have babies. Uh, so they had to be toddlers. So mm-hmm. four, I think it was like four to twelve, and, um, and you, were, a, you were like sixteen or something. Yeah, because every nine months, new baby, mm-hmm. nine months, mm-hmm. month off, every ten months, baby, 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 baby. So they were nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen, <coughs> and they always so many of them, and they quite often you would babysit in pairs, uh, so they would get two of you at a dollar an hour each, so two dollars mm-hmm. an hour. Which mm-hmm. I was like, I want all the money. Can I just dump this guy? Uh, but no, uh, be two guys, five babies, two, well, not always two guys. Right. Uh, wait, no, always two guys. Yeah. Uh, because if it was, uh, if they put a Could be girl some more in there, babies. no, there'd be more babies. <laughs> by the end of it. That's right. <laughs> but in Australia, it is more, u- more, u- I'm not saying this is a good or a bad thing, but it's more usual to get the teenage girl from down the road to babysit the kids rather well, than That's who we were. We were the teenage boys and girls, uh-huh. uh, who from the church. And because it was a dollar an hour, which I found out later, everybody else in the world was getting two or three dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mormon rate was one dollar plus mm-hmm. popsicles. You could have as many popsicles as you wanted, uh, which, by the way, is one. <laughs> Nobody wants more than one popsicle. 
It's seriously, one's good and two is hypothermia. You just can't eat more than two pots. You could have stolen some copper-based pans. They didn't have you? stuff yeah. like that. They, these, are like, these are like Amish people that drive. That was offensive too. <laughs> <laughs> to both the Amish and them. Yes, very specifically. I, I, yeah, I got rotted out of babysitting when I was younger. I babysat the German kids next door in exchange for not very much money, but German conversational practice, ah. uh, but the children were too young to talk, so <laughs> I didn't learn any German. What a ripoff! I was just underpaid yeah. a couple of dollars and all the Nutella I could spoon out of their cupboards cool, cool. before Cucana. they came home. Yeah, it's yeah. all the pork knuckle you can <laughs> eat. But that's all it was. So people only want one pork I knuckle. Know. And I felt bad because you know, literally, you just did. And this is, and this is, you know, it should have been a sign as to how my parenting would go. Uh, but I very much just used uh, the VCR and the snack cupboard. As my tools of trade. Yeah, yeah. You just put them in front of the TV, set up some popcorn, boom, there's the first $2 made. <laughs> and then bedtime, plus or minus, depending on, you know, they don't really go out late. Uh, they're usually home by 11. Mm-hmm. Crazy. 10 normal. What have they been out doing? Oh, usually went to a church function uh, or a dinner or... Dancing? Another baby. Dancing? <laughs> Oh, yeah, they, well, they don't... Because no. I, I thought yeah. sex was banned because it could lead to dancing. No, that's Baptist. Now, Mormons, Mormons <laughs> like a dance, as long as you're dancing with Mormons, because they like babies. Oh, they're all about the babies. <laughs> Just make sure you're married and then have as many babies as you want. They like it. Uh, we have, in fact, there used to be Wednesday night dances for the youth groups just so to get us in the mood. For making babies later. Uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, every child is a thumb in the eye of Hitler. No, wait, that's a Jewish thing. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we got to get them all out. That's basically. what we say. Does he die, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Does he die? Well, I'm, I'm deeply offended. Or does, he, where, does he live? Oh, wait, it was only offended he lives. because it was true. <laughs> he lives. He lives. Yes. The point um, is. Let him live. Babysitting oh. should be paid more. That's, that's yeah. his point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got it. A passionate cry for babysitting rates within the Mormon community of the United States to be increased. That's what you heard. Uh, Anthony Aykroyd, Alice Fraser and Tommy Dean are here on Thank God It's Friday. Now, this was the week that Melbourne partly opened back up after its long lockdown, allowing a beer at the pub, a visit to the bookshop or clothes shop, a, a coffee at a cafe. Of all the things of normal life, what's the delight you'd have loved to be re- reunited with? What of all these ordinary things is the most delightful of them all? Alice the hot breath of a stranger. No, uh, <laughs> this was a real uh, question. When I came back to Australia from London, I went into quarantine and I wasn't allowed to leave the little flat that I was staying in. This was before hotel quarantine. Uh, it's long walks listening to my, just being able to walk and go wherever you want, people watching, and then my favourite tea shop in Double Bay. I don't think I'm allowed to name it because of the ABC, but uh, I use, I've been going But it's there. really called it's, yeah, no, The but like, Pan. Hello, Helen yeah. and Tucker. I, I, um, Tommy wants a I used to go there when I was skipping out of school. As a teenager, I'd skip out of school and go to the tea shop and read fantasy novels, which I think has just revealed uh, that I was the biggest nerd ever. But I have such yeah. a soft spot we'll, for that we'll, tea we, shop. we will shred this whole tape. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, just going and sitting in a tea shop reading books and having friends come and chat and breathing aerosols all over mm. people. Uh, which, which tea, which, so we've got the book, the fantasy novel. Yep. What's the tea that's being Yokura, served? Yokura, very high-quality green tea. Green tea, green tea. Yeah. Mm. Very Buddhist. Mm. Mm. Was that offensive? if you drink too much of it, people go, oh, there's no t- caffeine in green tea. I, uh, the first time I went and had like quite a lot of Gyokura, like three pots Mm-mm. full, uh, I was due to meet up with a, a male friend later to work on some writing stuff. And 
every time I heard the gate creak to my house, my heart rate went up and I was like breathing. And I was like, wait a minute, am I in love with him? I wasn't. I was just very caffeinated. <laughs> Anti antioxidants <laughs> up the wazoo, though, yeah. they say with green tea. Oh, yes. I'll never and, die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Anthony? Uh, well, this actually happened to me. I, this is not hypothetical. Uh, the two things I really loved disappeared. Remember back in March? I remember March. Mm-hmm. And things did close down. And uh, maybe a bit like Alice, the first thing that disappeared for me was being able to sit in a cafe, mm. not green tea, drinking an extra hot piccolo. This is a this is the barrel scene, is it? This is the barrel scene. Because this is so much better than the rose base scene, the double well, base. You know, I don't like to go into <laughs> judgments, but yeah. you know, there's copper pans everywhere. You, know, just <laughs> you can't pick, see a wall for the copper the, pans. The, the, <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't cook with them. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Why do people drink piccolo? Side note: it's the stupidest coffee. That there oh, is. Tommy. No, no, no. It's because it's milky, but not too much. Uh, but it's calories. tiny. It makes your head look huge. <laughs> I don't drink That's coffee. That's the look so I'm not. going for. It makes your stomach smaller, though, compared to a oh. cappuccino. But I love an extra hot. Uh, you know, and I've had to vary because I like it really, really hot. I used to say, "Oh, hot piccolo," and it'd come out and just be normal. Uh, then I said, "A very hot piccolo," come out a little bit. And then it's a really hot. Now I say, "A volcanically hot mm. piccolo." And people get the adjective, yeah. you know. You're not it comes that, out. Come on, you're not. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I am the, that guy. You're, you're that guy. Well, I think one of oh. your ABC overlords, Richard, uh, warned against catering to inner city left wing <laughs> elites. That's what I aspire <laughs> to. The, the, the definition of inner city elites is not only a guy who drinks a latte, but says to the poor, overworked barista, "Make it hot, mate. <laughs> Make it volcanically hot." Mm. Uh, so that disappeared, and uh, the other thing was going to the cinema, which I love to do. Mm. Uh, although it is different in Barrel, uh, the average age of the cinema goer is eighty-four, and um, I'm actually, you know, secretly hoping that maybe the old COVID may have thinned out some of the patrons <laughs> <laughs> because um, they they whisper, they 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 lose track. This will be me one day. There's mm-hmm. no judgment here, apart from a lot, and they lose track of the of the plot, and so they're, they're saying. Ah, who's she? Now I'm sitting in front of them. She's the daughter. No, no, that's the blonde. That's the blonde girl. They're going on. And I turn around. Say, no, she's the lawyer. They're not even related. You know, please. But don't you think if you if you're the blonde lawyer and the blonde criminal, that's a failure of production, isn't it? They should have different coloured hair. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's my favourite way to watch sport. By the way, uh, yeah. any sport that I'm not interested in, I just go, "Who's the bad guys? Is that the bad guys? Was he important before?" <laughs> Uh, what are the things of normal life? They're being reunited with them in Melbourne this week. Well, what are the things that you would have most been delighted about being reunited with? A handshake. Yeah. I miss mm. the simple... We're well, not going to get that back. ...manly exchange. The like the elbow? A sweat. <laughs> just that acknowledgement. You know, just something about the... the it, it seemed cordial, but yet it came with a certain competition mm. hidden underneath it. Oh, OK. Proof uh, that you're not a ghost. There was a... Yes. That as well. It was important to get the pressure right. Pressure right, Mm -hmm. timing right, height, height right. Mm. You know, you miss it, a low handshake and go too deep, that's Mm -hmm. trouble. Uh, Latham, Latham lost an election because of the way he shook John Howard's hand a metre from where I'm standing. That's what I mean. (laughs) It's serious business. A lot can be said Mm -hmm. with a handshake. I miss the simple... And now what I hate is the hesitation because people still reach like they're going to handshake. And you're like, ah, no. Where, where, where do you stand on the limp fish versus, uh, you know, um, over, overly strong knuckle breaker? 
I like the, given a choice, I'll take the limp. <laughs> <laughs> I got a choice. Um, I have learned, I, I, I was used to count to three, one, two, three, so you hit it one, one, and then during two, you could slightly readjust if the connection wasn't quite as full as it should mm-hmm. be, and then three is where you determine the pressure amount, and that's where you resisted with theirs, and if they went longer than three, then you had a troublemaker. Surely you want a pumper. Some people would take a hand and then they'll give a pump yeah, at the pump. end. I also didn't, I I didn't like, I was know. always offended by the turner, Please. the guy that tried to overturn you. Oh, yeah. You know, the wrist yeah. turn. What are they oh. trying to do by that? What the are they, what are they dominate. It's a do- it's total yeah. domination. Yeah, yeah. See, I find that the best thing to do with these subtle uh, subliminal displays of, of competition is just to call them out. and, and Or if, you know, if someone's shaking your hand too tightly, you just start crying, ow, why would you do that? That's so rude. What are well, you that's trying what, to That's what John Howard did in the one in the election. <laughs> Work for him. And I miss the simplicity of that. And I also miss, uh, I will forever miss the salad bar. Mm. I do like the buffet, you know, the approach to all the food. Could be just, I use salad bar as a stand in, mm-hmm. but it could be a hot buffet where everything's in front of you, sure. i.e., the death of Sizzler. Mm. That idea where all the food is laid out in front of you, i.e. the death of cruise ships. They were evil, though. I mean, Sizzler, come on. No, no, you know, the, I, way no, they, I, the way they put the cheese bread there right at the beginning to tempt you into filling up before you mm. got to the more expensive ingredients, that was evil. The magnificence, though. I've been to Bellagio in Las Vegas, and the magnificence of all of the world's cuisines on a counter for you to choose from is today, for breakfast, I might have some French toast with a slice of pizza and, oh, what's that? Shashimi. What doesn't go with sashimi? Mm. Boom. All in the but same we can't, plate. We, and we can sit in a smoking section. <laughs> but we can never look at them the same. When you look at them from now on, it'll look like it's all full of COVID. Right? I know, I know, I know. It's, I absolutely, it's been ruined. It's ruined. It's all ruined. And even fish just generally ruined because of all the terrible things we've put in their water. I think the best thing about the all-you-can-eat buffet was the nervous look of the proprietor as he peeked his, <laughs> peeked his head outside the door and saw the, saw the party and their serious mm. intent and the way that they were tackling his, uh, his chicken dish and then the prawns and the little nervous, oh, no. And you could see the calculation. Yes, okay, it's $12 a head, but no... They've already eaten $13 worth. I've lost. But from the consumer's point of view, I hated the moment where you would just go, I'll just get these last few prawns out Mm. of the bucket, and then you took the sad prawns off the bottom, and then just as you walked away, (laughs) fresh bucket of prawns, (laughs) blam! (laughs) No! (laughs) Well, that's where you come back. I remember the McDonald's. Remember McDonald's brought in a salad bar? Yeah. To improve their image. Yeah. That was the loneliest place on earth. It was the, lo- the most uneaten piece <laughs> of lettuce ever. weeds blowing past But it's the same it. as like sandwich. I, I like uh, my favourite thing, and we don't have these in America that I'm aware of, but the cut sandwich shop where it's just a lady and it walks you step by step. Uh, what kind of bread? I'll have the white bread, please. Butter? You betcha. Cheese? What sort of butter? Solid? Non-solid. And then each step, I'll have some cucumbers. Not too many. That's too many. Why don't you need a number? <laughs> Two strips of cucumber, half a thimbleful of carrot stick, two big beetroot, please. Another slice of cheese. I know it doesn't normally go there, but I'd like that. My mum used to say, take what you're given and go where you're driven. Yeah, that's mm. a mm. much better piece mm. of advice. Uh, the best the part w- about it was never knowing how much it would cost. <laughs> After you made your perfect sandwich, then they always had you. Nineteen dollars. Mm. What? <laughs> what? That's nineteen babysitting <laughs> sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, sand. Do I look like a sleep in a Versace mattress? <laughs> Anthony Aykroyd, Alice Fraser. Tommy Dean, who were the winners and losers of this week? Alice. Uh, the, win- uh, the winners for me uh, were the hologram of Kim Kardashian's dad <laughs> that Kanye bought her for her 40th birthday or for Halloween. I can't tell. Mm. It's super creepy. That's nice, isn't it? 
Yeah. A nice gesture. It's a horrifying nightmare <laughs> gesture that has haunted me, even though it's not my dad <laughs> who's still alive. Um, the losers of the week for me, of course, are children who want to go trick-or-treating for Halloween. Mm. That's not going to happen anymore. COVID times, the COVID safe option oh. is track or tracing. Uh, <laughs> you do get to wear a mask if you knock on people's doors and take a step closer than six feet towards them. They're terrified. Uh, but you have to spray your sweets with hand sanitizer, and there's nothing that melts lollies faster. Then, yes. Well, wrapped lollies only, says the New South Wales government for tomorrow. What a nightmare. Uh, Anthony Ackroy, who are the winners and losers? Uh, well, I've, I've got a uh, bit of a special here. New Zealand is both my loser and my winner oh. uh, because they just had a referendum. They voted on two things and they voted to they voted against, which makes them a loser, uh, decriminalise decriminalising cannabis use. They're a winner because they voted for legalising uh, voluntary euthanasia on compassionate grounds. Now this means that in New Zealand, when it comes to life. You can get out of it, but you can't get out of it before you get out of it. <laughs> Tommy Dean, who were the winners and losers? It was a big week of winners. As, uh, last, year, I mean, last week we celebrated the great celebration of sport, uh, so I would like to congratulate the Richmond Tigers in the AFL. Excellent winners. What a grand final. The Melbourne Storm in the NRL and America, the Los Angeles Dodgers, finally won the World Series. The first time they've done so since 1988. Wait, are they the bad guys? They are the bad guys. <laughs> They're the worst guys. It should have been Tampa Bay with their gumball players and their nickel tickets. i, I got to say, I actually watched the uh, NRL Grand Final and, my God, it was exciting. exciting. The, the last, why hasn't anyone told me in my long life that it's, only it's actually really good? It's only exciting in COVID times. <laughs> but the last 15 like minutes. Oh, so good. It was so it close. You know. It was so so. In fact, the game five of the uh, game four doesn't matter. One of the games of the World Series ended same way. You looked, thought Los Angeles was going to win, and then Tampa Bay won because professional guys who make millions of dollars dropped the ball and tripped over bats. Who would have thought it? Oh, so thank God it's Friday. Good. Please thank Anthony Ackroyd, Alice Fraser, and Tommy Dean. Yeah. By the way, the loser oh. is KitchenAid if they don't send me a kitchen. <laughs> Thanks for being part of. Thank God it's Friday. Next week, Carlo, Richie, Gene Kitson, and Colin Buchanan. Music from Kate Miller. High key. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. And thank God it's Friday! Woo! And I also want the pasta roller attachment. <laughs> and if you can manage a few copper pans. <laughs>